1: DIY Money. Got to be quick because we got a long question today from Ray. Ray from San Francisco. What do you got? DIY!
2: What's up, DIY Money? My name is Ray from San Francisco. And my question is this. I have Schwab Intelligent Portfolio accounts for my kids and recently listening to your show and watching youtube videos i found out about index funds so i recently placed a money transfer from their intelligent portfolios accounts into i created them uh, custodial brokerage accounts and i'm planning to buy index fund SWPPX, which is the uh, S&P 500 uh, index fund. My question is, what do you feel about that move in the long run versus having the money in a an intelligent portfolio account?
1: All right. Great question from Ray in San Francisco. I like this question on a variety of fronts and uh, be, be candid with you. Uh, we are testing... Beta testing right now, the actual uh, portfolios he's talking about from Schwab within our wealth development offering that we're going to be rolling out for DIY listeners uh, and really just another option to help folks save and invest wisely at an affordable rate. And I think that's key. So Daniel, you've done a tremendous amount of research on these uh, Schwab portfolios. And obviously, we uh, talk index funds, we use the fund that he mentioned for a lot of our
0: clients. So what are your thoughts on this? Certainly. So uh, to be clear, I don't have access currently to what the current Schwab portfolio in their institutional intelligence portfolios is. Uh, we are working on offering that Uh, for our clients. However, we develop the portfolio behind the scenes for the one that is rolled out to our clients, if that makes sense. So we utilize that technology, but we create the low-cost portfolio that goes in there that should mirror pretty closely to what Schwab is using. They should be using low-cost portfolio. Uh, I imagine, Ray, what you're seeing in there is Schwab's uh, very low-cost index ETFs, things like their large-cap value, um, or their broad market uh, things of that nature. They're international, um, so you should be seeing their ETFs and/or mutual funds. If you're seeing that, that's a it's a really low cost option that they're providing you. Um, so as far as the question of whether or not you're going to get anything better as far as just switching into an S and P fi- Schwab's S and P 500 fund, for instance, we're not going to give you personal financial advice. We're not going to tell you whether or not you specifically should do that because we can't do that on on a podcast. Generally, Ray, just don't listen to investment advice directed towards you on a podcast. Anyhow, Danger Will Robinson, Danger. Talk to a financial advisor or uh, do your own homework. But with that said, here's what I would look at if I was looking at the decision between the two. Schwab uh, Robo Advisor is going to put you into a diversified portfolio across asset classes. That's going to be U.S. stocks, international stocks, emerging markets. They might have some REITs in there. They might also have some uh, precious metals, things like gold, silver, etc. They might also, if you scale down your risk from 100% equities uh, down the board a little bit, they're going to include some bonds in there. And that might be uh, U.S. bonds as well as international bonds. So what you have in the Schwab Intelligent Portfolios is actually closer to a target date index fund than basically an S&P 500 fund. So what a lot of people will do when they invest with a robo-advisor is they will track the S&P 500 or the NASDAQ or the Dow, one of these U.S. stock indices, and go, man, this robo-advisor thing stinks because the S&P was up 30% last year, and at my robo-advisor, I'm only up whatever. And what that usually is the result of is you are diversified across different asset classes. And the reason you diversify across different asset classes is to bring your volatility down while keeping your overall returns at a reasonable level. That means that they are going to be close, but they're never going to be exactly what the S&P 500 is because you're invested in more than the S&P 500. That's just a fact. You're going to get slightly less volatile, but more steady returns uh, over time uh, within kind of an average, if you will. Now, is going to just an S&P 500 fund a reasonable uh, investment for just general public if you're just kind of investing for kids, et cetera? It may be. If you want S&P 500 stock returns, you not care about diversification, bonds, international, et cetera, and you just want a dollar cost average into something that historically has shown that it grows at a relatively reasonable rate, uh, versus the economy or inflation, things of that nature, Nature, the S&P 500 is a good option. Generally speaking, a lot of uh, great minds, uh, Bogle recommends it, uh, Warren Buffett recommends it, things of that nature, just kind of going into US stocks and allowing that to grow and do the heavy lifting over time. Now, keep in mind, if you are investing for your kids, that means uh, that they have 18 years or less to the time horizon when they're going to receive those funds. If you're expecting them to actually use it on their 18th birthday, that's a pretty short time horizon. You might want more than just stocks in there if you're expecting them to use that for higher education or anything of that nature. But if you're just creating wealth for them and you're going to educate and encourage them to leave that in that account and allow it to grow over time, then you might be okay with the fluctuations in stocks. But all that said, between the intelligent portfolios and the S&P 500 fund, the main difference is diversification. Another option you can look at if you just don't like the technology around the, the uh, intelligent portfolios or the robo-advisor part, which is actually pretty good because you put a dollar in and they diversify it across many things, you can achieve that same sort of intelligent portfolio model by utilizing one of those target date index funds, picking a year that makes sense for the particular goal that you're invested in, keeping them in mind that at that year, they don't go to cash. They go to roughly a 50-50 stock bond portfolio. Um... But you could utilize that to basically scale down your risk over time as that goal approaches. What do you think, Gwen? Well, I have a.
1: I'm going to tell you what I do, and I, I like how Daniel said. You know, don't take specific advice, but um, I I think that the Schwab Intelligent Portfolios, especially the one that we're building. Obviously, I'm going to be biased, but the one that we're building behind the scenes, I think, is great for individuals that are looking to build wealth, develop additional retirement savings, et cetera, have diversification, a variety of of maybe sectors, international exposure, exactly what Daniel was alluding to, a diversified, well-balanced portfolio. Okay. I think that's great for an individual who is in the wealth development stage. A custodian account, however, or a minor account – I feel differently. I feel differently because I feel that a minor account serves two purposes. One, yes, it's for investment and and accumulation of dollars. There's no question about that. But number two, it is a great opportunity for education. And what I mean by that is I've said many times on this podcast and other places, I'm in this business because when I was 12 years old, I was given a few shares in McDonald's as a stock. Now, my sister had the same shares given to her. She was six years older, and she could care less. And she didn't really care at all that she had shares in McDonald's. I, I think that you know she might have sold them a few years later when she got old enough or whatever, as did I, in, in full disclosure, which was a terrible decision. I could have bought a house with that. But the reality is that when I got those shares, I realized something clicked with me that I owned part of McDonald's I mean I was an owner in a company
2: I don't know how to put this but I'm kind of a big deal
1: I can't tell you how helpful that was, because what happens with stock ownership is it's so diluted. It's so diluted to the to the fact of oh Tesla, I got I got shares in Tesla, and I hope it goes up hundred dollars, then i will gonna sell it, and then I'm gonna buy, buy some shares in Apple. And I'm gonna buy. the reality is, it, the sooner you can embrace the fact that by buying shares, you own a business. a a fraction of a business nonetheless, but a business. You own a business. And therefore, you're looking to make money off the sweat and equity of the business managers. So the reality is that with a custodian account, my kids, for example, we try to do two separate things. One, half of their custodian account is no question index funds. S&P 500 We do put in a little emerging. It's been terrible, but a little bit of emerging. My son the other day was like, why do we own this hunk of garbage? He wanted to fire me. Okay, And then we also have started buying, over the last couple of years, the NASDAQ 100, which I think in about 10 to 15 years we're going to look back, and that's going to be the vocabulary that the S&P 500 is today. That's another subject for a different day, but I think that the NASDAQ 100 – Uh, Tech-heavy NASDAQ 100, but not all tech, by the way. It's just without financials. Uh, It's the biggest hundred companies on the NASDAQ uh, market without financials. So it has airlines. It has uh, other conglomerates in there. But nonetheless, uh, we buy the index funds. But then we also buy individual stocks so that we can have a discussion of exactly what our children own. Now, I can tell you. Uh, out of my three kids, one, as I've talked to many times, has has a, uh, a genetic disorder. It, he's not going to really care. It, he doesn't have an, a comprehension that he owns a company. But my other two, at least thus far, are pretty into it. They're pretty into the fact that they own individual stocks. And so we have conversations many times when we're sitting around the dinner table about individual companies, what they own, how they're doing, et cetera. We own companies like Facebook, Intel, JP Morgan, Twitter, Uber. These are companies that we own. We've owned Tesla in the past. They scolded me for selling that one too. I should never have sold Tesla. But anyways, the reality is it gives them a basis and an understanding that yes, you're investing in great American companies. It's not a significant portion of their amount. So it's, so if JP Morgan starts to really do terrible, it's not going to impact where they go to college, okay? That's, That's very important to understand. But they do have some shares, so they benefit as it goes up. They feel the pain as it goes down and we have a conversation about it. So that's my two cents. You're headed, it sounds like in the right direction, Ray, sort of down that path. And I encourage you uh, to possibly bring in the education piece as well with your kids. Go back, listen again to what Daniel said. He talked about the nuts and bolts, different portfolios, why you do this, et cetera. It's all dynamite, excellent things. But nonetheless, I would bring that education component in there. Anything else to add, Daniel?
0: Yeah, I think we're right on point there. And, uh, yeah, both products are great. And uh, whatever you look at, I think the education piece is hugely important. We've gotten a big uptick recently in uh, financial planning requests, actually from our DIY money listeners. And so one of the thing to or uh, two of the things actually, to really keep your eyes on that we are beta testing is one, uh, this institutional intelligent portfolios at Schwab, that's essentially a very low cost robo advisor option. Uh, for wealth development clients. And uh, we are rolling out a very uh, sleek uh, cloud-based financial planning system for fee-only financial planning. So that's uh, for individuals who mostly have 401k uh, accounts or retirement accounts, things of that nature, and just need help navigating the financial planning involved in student loan or payment, buying first house, uh, saving up for retirement, but don't have the typical... Uh, accounts that you would roll over to a financial advisor. Keep a lookout on that uh, for that because that's coming up on the horizon as well.
1: Excellent stuff. All right. We're going to end it right there. Uh, If you're new to the show, again, what you need to do, if you want to submit your question, just send us an audio file to podcast at DIYmoney.org. All right, friends, the secret to wealth is very simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest and do it for a very, very long time. Make it a great one.